Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I speak with Heather England of Fit Mama Real Food, all about how to involve our kiddos in the cooking process, making it fun and simple, dealing with picky eaters and more. We'll chat about her top tips, which are simple and actionable to apply in your own life to help keep your kiddos interested in sharing in the joy of preparing food. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way that you can help this podcast succeed and grow. Thank you so much for getting me to that goal for the end of the year. I know we only have a couple of weeks left, but I have been so blown away by the support with this show, and I thank you guys for leaving ratings and reviews. I did hear at one point that if you left a review in the past, you can go back and redo it, but I don't know if that's true. So hey, maybe try it and let me know. As for my minimalist moment slash thought, I guess I don't always share a moment. Sometimes I just have some thoughts. (laughs) But for my minimalist thought this week... We are less than two weeks from Christmas. I think this is a time where we can feel like, oh my goodness, we feel like we haven't done enough in the holiday season. And we see moms sharing on Instagram the things that they're doing, whether it's crafting or outings or Advent or whatever, fill in the blank, whatever you feel like you want to do and you haven't done so yet. I would take everything off the table. And one thing that I encourage you to do, I like to ask my kids, what is it that you want to do? What is it that we can make or do in these last couple of weeks before Christmas and before New Year that would make you have a really good experience? That may sound silly or maybe it's too deep for little kids, but usually it's something as simple as I want to drive around and look at the lights with hot cocoa or I want to get some candy canes to hang on the tree. It's something that they've done maybe in their past that they recall was a really fun memory for them. And by allowing each of your kids the opportunity to have some input I kind of feel like what else matters? They're having a great time and you don't have to do all of the things to make their holiday season magical. Don't overcomplicate a time that is supposed to be precious and slow. And forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn, but turn, but I think that especially for working moms, I can imagine that you feel that you may feel like you can't get it all done and you only have the weekends to get things done. And by the time that you are off work, it's dark out. I can totally empathize with feeling like you haven't done everything and checked off everything that you want to do. So here's my encouragement to you to just ask your kiddos what they want to do and what has made their holiday seasons in the past special because it might surprise you. All right, let's get into this conversation with Heather. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chat with you, Diane. Me too. I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. We are going to be talking about bringing our kids into the kitchen with us and how can we simplify that process? How can we navigate picky eaters? And just a few other things I want to pick your brain about. But before we get into that conversation, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, I'd love to. So my name is Heather England and I run Fit Mama Real Food and it's our online platform for all things um, simplifying meals like you were just talking about what we're going to be talking about. And um, I love creating healthy, family-friendly recipes. I have four kids myself, so I have a lot of little testers that get to try all the things, share their input. And um, I'm a nutrition coach. I'm a group fitness instructor and soon-to-be author. And yeah, I've been doing this online for over 10 years now, which I just can't believe. 
I'm curious to know a little bit more about what prompted you to start cooking because obviously we all cook as moms, but what made you want to take it to that next level? Because you said you have a blog, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I didn't think it would turn in anything when I was about 14 or 15. I remember opening up this pampered chef cookbook and just looking through the pictures and like telling my mom, like, I want to make that thing. And I was just drawn to the pictures because I, you know, you eat with your eyes first and I just can't make a recipe if it doesn't have a picture. And so I just started, you know, learning, teaching myself how to cook. I'd baked with my mom on and off when I was little. And But throughout my teenage years, I just began getting creative in the kitchen and making random things that thinking back on it, they sound really weird, but I was just um, experimenting and learning. And I found this creativity that I really enjoyed. And so it kind of just blossomed and I've learned more and more. And then shortly after I got married, when I was 21, I started my blog, which was titled different. It was more about me learning about health and fitness and that exploration. And I got some certifications and it's kind of just transformed into this space to share um, and help families. Yeah, absolutely. And you do have four kids. So obviously, they're a huge part of your life. And I'm wondering, first and foremost, how did you get them in the kitchen with you? What are just some practical tips you have for making this a simple process that's not one that we could overcomplicate with trying to take control? And I guess what I mean by control is that for myself personally, I can have I'm either all or nothing. I'm like, today we're making a mess and that's totally okay. And this is where we're going to have this mess. And yeah. Or on the flip side, I feel a little bit more rigid. So how can we let go of some of those perfectionistic tendencies? Yeah, I want to start with the perfectionistic and and the mess part, because that is a huge one. And if you're, you know, if you have that itch to want to bring your kids in the kitchen, but that is what stresses you out like a, you know, a 3 p.m. in the afternoon activity. Hey, we're going to practice shredding carrots or cutting bananas or just something really simple so that you're not having to worry as much about like the rush that comes with it and know that yeah, it is going to be messier. So start with things that maybe aren't as messy to ease yourself in. I love um, the practice of just spreading like a butter or a nut butter on some bread. That's super simple for them to practice. Um, And it's not that messy. But then the messy things are, you know, we get into baking and we've got the flours and all the all the mixtures that can get spilled, you know, do that in a time when you're feeling calm, taking a breath before you get into it. Um, and that can really help to alleviate some of that stress. And another part was how do we how do we start bringing them in? Was that one of them? Yeah. I started when they were little, like as soon as I could put them on the counter with me and they could sit, I would have them there pushing the buttons on the food processor or the blender or starting to mix. And so bringing them in when they're really little is is just having them with you and maybe having your hand on theirs as they're practicing something with you, even just talking about what you're doing, letting them feel the ingredients. It's all an induction. And then, you know, when they can scoop some oats or whatever you're you're scooping out to measure help have them help you scoop know that it's not going to be perfect it can be an activity of them just practicing scooping Mm -hmm. and you don't have to actually use it if you're if you're not needing to but it can be them practicing and then you teach them like hey this is how we get a level 
measure and you show them how to like flatten that out. Um, and then you just progress from there. So as their motor skills increase and improve, then they can help with like chopping a banana, like I mentioned, or really soft fruits. And then I, as they get older, help them to crack an egg, which is one of my favorite things to teach my kiddos how to do. And so as they have more dexterity and control, we can add those more difficult things. But it is kind of step by step, starting slow, um, going at your kid's own pace, and then adding that on as they um, as they show that they're interested and curious. And, um, and it is just such great skills to teach them. Have you noticed in your own life that your kids have been less picky because of it? Or do you just think that that's, I guess, a normal part of childhood? Every kid has stages that they go through more selective eating. But I do think that it has helped for sure with my kiddos that they're they've been in there and they're more adventurous. You know, when a kid helps you make something that they just have this pride and that everyone's going to try this food that they helped create, and then they themselves will want to try it. So that that's definitely a strategy that I suggest when you have really picky kids, let them pick out something that they want to make, look through some pretty pictures. That's what drew me in initially. Maybe it'll draw them in and then get them involved in it. And then, um, you know, even if it's a new ingredient, maybe they'll, they'll try it when it's made. Maybe they'll try it when you're mixing the item up. I like how you said, bring them in when you're calm. And not when you actually have to have a meal prepared within a certain time frame. So I'm thinking, as I said, I can go from the two extremes where I'm comfortable with making a mess or I'm not quite ready for that. So I can totally relate to what you're saying. But I'm wondering if to make it more simple, and again, this is just one example, but I'm wondering if you had a bag of flour, we'll say, and instead of allowing that entire flour bag on the table, you just allocate some to a bowl to where your child can scoop from that as to not make a mess. So you kind of contain the mess a bit. I'm sure there are listeners that can relate to what I'm saying, and then there are some that cannot. But for those that want to contain the mess a bit, do you, do you, think, like, do you think things like this would make a little bit more sense? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. So you're kind of controlling the mess. You could even have like a, a big serving platter that you have the yeah. bag of flour or the bowl so that it's kind of contained to an area. I yeah. mean, there's ways to contain it, like throw a towel down where they're at so that you're not having to worry about it being on the floor as much. So there, yeah, there's different ways that you could make it less messy. Uh, but it does start with our mindset that we're bringing into it. Um, yeah. And thinking back, I'm like, why, why does that make me feel so stressed out? Do I feel like I just don't have time, another mess to clean up, and there's already so many to do? And check in and see, like, why that frustration is there. Yeah, I think for me personally, it's less the mess. I, I feel like I'm cleaning up messes all the time with my boys. But it's more like I don't want to taint the entire bag of flour so let's just get a little bit out. But honestly, it, as I'm processing this and talking to you, it could be more of a frugality thing. Like, let's not let food get away. So let's use what we have and not put a ton of germs back into the bag so that we can use that for for the future. Which I understand that I could be a lot less rigid about some of these silly things. No, but that is a good thing to like teach the kids. It's what I always talk to my kids about when they have leftover lunch that they bring home from school. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, we don't want to be wasteful. Like eat this food before you eat something else. It's the same with ingredients. It's, yeah. it's a good lesson, but I get, I totally get where you're coming from is like relax when we can, but also teach the lesson at the same time when it matters. 
All right. So I do want to go back to talking about picky eaters. What are just some quick tips that you have when dealing with this? Yeah, I think the most important thing is that to look at how we are eating because our kids are little mirrors of what we do. And so we have to kind of be brutally honest with ourselves is are we are we eating in a way that we would want to encourage our kids to be eating? And I have found that to be the absolute most helpful thing with my kiddos is them just seeing me eat these healthy balanced meals and also enjoying it. I don't talk negatively about food. I'm never saying like, oh, I I shouldn't eat that thing. I'm going to choose to eat this because it's because whatever reason I might have, Um, but it's all about joy and nourishment and color. And then they're seeing that and they're wanting to try it whenever they want to eat something off of my plate. I'm, I tell them sharing is caring. You can try this. Um, And it's worked really well for my youngest who is our like anti-salad girl. She sees it and she's like, I don't want salad, but if it's on my plate, she wants to try it and then she'll eat it. Once it's on her plate, she doesn't want it. And so, yeah, just showing them that these foods are wonderful and great through us. And then they're more open to trying it. I'm wondering as minimalists, I don't love to have tons of appliances. Is it worth it to have these appliances to help things taste better? For example, this is a better example. I have a Vitamix. I love it. It sits on my counter. Smoothies are a great way to get veggies and all the Mm -hmm. stuff into your kiddos. Mm -hmm. And so it's worth me keeping that appliance to help them eat a little bit healthier. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what my question is here. I'm just, do you kind of see where I'm going? Do we need all these things to help our kids to eat healthier? Um, and no, I do not think so because I I'm with you. I don't want to have a ton of appliances. I do have an instant pot because it was gifted to me. Would I have bought it? I don't know. I think that we can do so much without it, but I really appreciate having it. Um, And as far as making these foods taste good, we can do that in the oven as well. I think that it just takes a little bit more work. Mm. I think that I've never used an air fryer, but from what I've seen, it just, you just put the stuff in and it crisps up all nice. And so I think that that makes it easier, but we can roast up vegetables in the oven, roasting them versus steaming them totally different flavor profile. Um, And, you know, adding some seasonings on it, making sure that when you're cooking vegetables, you have some oil on it. uh, Because not only is it going to make it taste better, it's going to help you and your family get more nutrition out of it, getting all those fat soluble vitamins. So it's a great thing to add on and then it'll make your vegetables taste even better. Mm-hmm. I think using what you have, but honestly, an oven, a roasting sheet is going to help you to make those foods taste delicious. It's really about the process of how you prepare them. So you could make some chicken tenders and use almond flour instead of maybe breadcrumbs and, and change it in that way. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the person of what they're wanting to make easier in their life. Do you not have the time at night? So you need these quicker steps to make mm-hmm. these things too. I know some people love the subscription boxes. I've gotten mm-hmm. a chance to try some of them and that's definitely nice and convenient, but not my kids aren't necessarily going to eat everything that comes in those things. So yeah. Yeah. I guess you kind of have to pick and choose. Like, what do I need help with? Do I need this meal kit sent? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if your kids aren't going to enjoy it, just make sure you have something that they're going to like. Anytime I serve something 
new to them, I always have like fruit at the table too, or something that I know is going to be a win. I don't want them to walk in because I'm all, I'm often creating lots of new things, but I don't want them to be surprised that an entire meal is full of something and they don't like it. And then because I'm, I don't want to go and make something different for them. We don't do that in our house, but I also don't want to set them up to just starve. Like my kids are great about trying things. And I think that they've kind of learned what they really like and what's not their favorite. And I want them to, you know, get food in their belly. So I always have some kind of win. That's really smart. I think that I need to come up with that for my kids. Cause when you start adding kids, it's like everyone has a little bit different of preferences and I'm finding that out. I'm like, you like this, but you two don't like this, but you like this. It's just so that's, I think what can be overwhelming. And like you said, you don't want to feed every single person something different. So it's like, what mm-hmm. do we know that even if it's just like a raw veggie, like carrots or something that could be on the mm-hmm. table with the new stuff. And then I always just say, you need to try at least one or two bites of everything. Mm-hmm. I think it takes 20 tries of something before a kid enjoys it or at least yeah. is okay with it. Yeah. But you know what? One study that I read a long time ago that makes me so helpful as a mom, and I think that you'll really appreciate it, is these foods that they're trying when they're younger, they might not like it now. But the study showed that when these kids later were in college, they gravitated towards the foods that they were used to as a kid. So what we're introducing to our younger age kids, maybe they're not going to eat it now. But I always think of this, I'm playing the long game, they're going to be adults for a lot longer than kiddos. So introduce it now and then they can reap the benefits of it later too. Yeah, absolutely. I also just look back to what I was eating at certain points in my life and it's like, I came out okay. <laughs> now I'm eating <laughs> yes. healthy. So. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, do you have anything else to share that we didn't touch on? For meal planning, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but get your kiddos involved in figuring out what you guys are going to have. Because like I said, with them taking pride in when they help you make something, even if they're not helping you make it, if they have a little bit of power in choosing what your family is going to eat, and it doesn't have to be like a wild card, you can be like, here are five different meal ideas that I was thinking, which one do you want to have on Tuesday? they're still feeling like they're involved in getting to pick that. And that can be really helpful in getting that buy-in of them being willing to try things. That's a great tip. I just need to figure out what those would be. (laughs) Yes. Be okay with, but no, that is, I really like that tip. And I think that again, giving especially toddlers and younger children choices to where it's like, Hey, you have a couple of choices you get to choose. I think that's really exciting for them. So I agree. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, Heather, where can people find a copy of your book and where can they find you online if they want to connect for more tips? Yeah. So my book is called Everyday Muffin Party and um, you can find that at fitmamarealfood.com slash cookbook. It's also on Amazon and uh, my website fitmamarealfood is where you can find all the recipes, meal plans. We talk about feeding kids and, and strategies on bringing them in the kitchen there. And on Instagram, I'm at fitmamarealfood. Perfect. Well, do you have time to answer the last two questions that I ask every guest? Yeah. All right. I'm actually mixing this first one up going into the new year. I just thought it was fun to add something new. So my first question for you is what is a resource that has been really beneficial in your life that you'd like to share with the listeners? 
Um, I've recently been, been getting into Element E. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's an electrolyte drink. Now that it's colder outside, I find that sometimes it's harder to drink water. And especially in the new year, it's going to be cold here in Washington. And I love putting that in my water. It's just sodium, magnesium, and one more of the elements. I can't remember which one. Uh, potassium, that's the other. And it tastes so delicious. It's so easy to drink water. And I get headaches sometimes if I'm not hydrated. So it just like zaps it away. So that just helps with hydration, which is so vitally important. Yeah. And I mean, oftentimes, especially right now, it's 820 here and I have a LaCroix that I'm drinking. No, I just came in from a walk in the bitter cold. <laughs> but all that to say, I was going to go for a snack and I'm like, I just ate dinner. I really just needed something. I needed water. So this is the next best mm-hmm. thing to water. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. It's funny. Our body tricks us when we're actually thirsty. We're like, I need something. Just give me yeah. food. Yeah, for sure. All right. Last question. What is something that you can't stop talking about? I cannot, well, honestly, I can't stop talking about my cookbook, which is what I'm talking about all the time. But I also, we're coming up on a home remodel. We're going to redo a bunch of rooms in our house. So with all my friends, I'm just telling them all about what's coming, the kitchen and a Pinterest board, everything. So I'm, I've been super into that. That's really exciting. And it is very exciting that your book is releasing here soon. That's a, yeah. a, an accomplishment and I'm really excited for you. So thanks for sharing all your tips today with us. And I hope people find you and connect with you online as well. I appreciate your time. Yeah, Thank you so much, Dan. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.